Starting Sept 2216, Lieutenant Commander Harper has informed me that a new week means new movies. Apparently, this is also a sign that Loudmouth Nerd will list those movies and give his opinion. He goes by the name of Billiam, and he started out as a small-time blogger, but soon became an international superstar. This is the week of July 22nd, and this is Future Flicks. I really don't know what that voice is supposed to be. I, I can't do a Kirk. I don't do very good impressions. I just do voices. And pretty bad ones at that. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry for that one. But let's move on. It is the week of July 22nd. And this week, we have quite a few interesting movies. And um, one of them that looks like absolute, absolute trash. So let's get on with it. And let's start with some news Starting with the box office numbers, this week, The Secret Life of Pets stays in first place with $50.5 this weekend. Ghostbusters comes in at second place, remember this is its first week on the list, came in at $46 million. The Legend of Tarzan, still hanging on, drops one spot with $11.2 million. Finding Dory, still there, with $11.1 million. And Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates is doing the best it can with $7.5 Finding Dory actually made the news again for monetary reasons. It is now the highest grossing animated movie of all time domestically. Its domestic gross is about $445.5 million. And it's only been out for about five weeks now? Five or six weeks? And, you know, that's pretty damn good. This is Pixar's biggest movie yet, and uh, so I, I guess I have to see it now. I always planned on seeing it. Now I'm just a little more excited, just because to to make that that kind of impact, to make those kind of numbers, there has to be something there. If it was a dumb movie, it still would have gotten a lot of money because of kids dragging their parents to go see it, and then fans of the original seeing it. But it wouldn't have made this kind of impact. It wouldn't be making all this money so i'll give it a shot uh, if any of you have seen it tell me what you think tell me if it is it is it worth all the hype it's getting let me know billiam reviews at gmail.com billiam swn on twitter or leave a comment on this podcast either on soundcloud or facebook or our somewhat nerdy page just let me know but let's move on to the next story that star trek is getting a fourth movie according to jj abrams the question is now, what are they going to do with Chekhov? Anton Yelchin tragically passed away on June 19th, and he was such a staple character in this movie that you can't just recast him. It's not going to be that easy. So what I, I think they're going to have to do is either kill him in between movies, just say that there, were, there was an attack somewhere and he didn't make it out, or what I think the better and more respectful option is, is give him his own ship. Just say, you know what, Chekhov has been so great that they're promoting him and he got his own command. And maybe to make it fair, say that the others got offered one too, but they turned it down, but maybe Chekhov was like, yeah, this is my thing. Give him a good send-off. That's what I think the man deserves. In... Oh my god, what the hell is this world coming to news? There's going to be an emoji movie. No, you you don't you don't have to clean your ears out. You you heard me right. There's going to be an emoji movie. TJ Miller has been recently cast in that. If you've seen Deadpool, 
then you would recognize him as the bar owner. If you haven't seen Deadpool, why not? Do you hate fun? Anyway, he's apparently supposed to play a meh emoji whose optimistic outlook causes him to have emotions outside of his control. I really hope that this is going to be a, a sausage party type movie. And I'm not I'm not just saying a movie full of dudes. <laughs> I mean like the movie Sausage Party that's coming out later this year with Seth Rogen and all those people. That it's an adult cartoon that's just going to be ridiculous. Like if this is if this is a serious offering, then I I don't even know what to say. I I am currently speechless. It's ridiculous. The only reason Sausage Party, I'm even giving it a thought, is because it knows it's a joke, and it was made to be a joke. It's still way too early to tell, since I just heard about this movie today. But I, I just think this is going to be a really bad idea. Really bad. But let's go on to news that is uplifting. Ryan Johnson, who is the writer and director of Star Wars Episode Eight, says that the next movie will start off right where the last one left us. Johnson had the reins passed to him by J.J. Abrams, who stepped down. I've heard that it's because Disney is notoriously hard to work with, that they just like to micromanage everything. And Variety reported back in December of 2015 that Abrams read the script penned by Ryan Johnson, and according to Greg Grumberg, Abrams has expressed regret, saying it's such a good script that he wishes he was making it. So that, that gives me a lot of hope for the movie, though I hope that if the, if the story of Disney chasing, uh, like being so hard to work with that chased Abrams away, if that's true, I hope they also don't chase Ryan jo- Johnson away. Johnson really hasn't done must, much. He's best known for the movie Looper with um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis, but just because he hasn't done much doesn't mean he's not going to do great things. If this movie is great, which everyone who's read the script says it is going to be, I hope they don't chase him away. In other Star Wars news, rumor has it that Rogue One won't have an opening crawl since it's a side story. I don't know how I feel about that. I think anything that takes place in the Star Wars universe should have a, an opening crawl. I think that's part of it. That's part of what makes it a Star Wars movie. So there's a universe, and there's, there's a whole amazing expanded universe that I don't care what the people at Disney say, that it is still legit. All right. You can't just you can't just pick up a franchise and say, nope, see, alt. we're wiping our hands of all that, all that expanded universe and we're going to make our own. You can't do that. The fans have the last say so they can write all this new all these new stories. But the Thrawn trilogy, but the heirs of the force trilogy, but the new Jedi Order series, those are still ours. Those are still belong to anyone who loves them. But that was a that was a nice little uh, nice little tangent I went on. So let's get back to it. This movie looks really good. It looks better and better with each trailer, and I can't wait. I just hope that it's a Star Wars film. I hope they're able to capture the magic of the universe. That that's why I hope. But let's move on to news from DC. Gal Gadot has said that Wonder Woman needed a female director. She said that while she's loved working with the men she has worked with and how they do have a lot of respect for women, but the communication between her and Patty Jenkins was just different. That Jenkins would talk to her about the emotions she should be feeling in the scene and that sometimes they would just communicate through eye contact. Batman v Superman was just, just an alright movie. It was, it was just okay. 
and I've heard that DC Comics is now stepping into the process a bit more to try and grab, grab control of their movies that just are unreliable. Marvel knows exactly what to do. They put out hit after hit, and even the ones that aren't great are still at least entertaining. DC hopefully will change the way they do it, and hopefully Wonder Woman is the next step in that process. Well, let's talk about the movies, since that's what you came here for. Let's start with my pick of the week, which is, you guessed it, Star Trek Beyond. The Enterprise is attacked by a new and unstoppable enemy and must abandon ship before the Enterprise is destroyed. They end up stranded on an alien planet and must combat their new enemy. I love Star Trek. I think that the reboots have been fantastic, and they've been a lot of fun no matter what the critics or even some of the fan base says. J.J. Abrams has stepped down as director and left Justin Lin in charge, and I remember there was a movement to have Jonathan Frakes direct. Uh, he was Riker in the, in the Next Generation. And while that also may have been a really good choice, Justin Lin is great. He, he does really good work. He was involved in the Fast and the Furious series since Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. And he did a fantastic job. The first trailer for this movie looked mediocre. But everything else since then has looked great. It's already getting good reviews, except from Entertainment Weekly, but really, who cares what those buttholes think anyway? The whole cast returns, but this time Idris Elba, who you would know from Luther, the BBC series, or Thor, joins the cast as Crawl, the new bad guy, and Sophia Butella also joins the cast. She plays the role of Jayla, the alien, the alien that the crew meets on the planet. You would know her from Kingsman, the Secret Service. She was the, the one without legs uh, that had those like springy knife things that she would fight with. This movie was written by Simon Pegg, who's living in nerd heaven right now. Also burning the candle at both ends, jumping between Star Trek and Star Wars. At least he was, actually. I don't know if he's going to return for Episode 8. I just know that during the filming of Episode 7, he was jumping, jumping between Star Trek Beyond and this, so at least then he was living in nerd paradise. I think that he's going to do a great job with this one. He's a really talented writer, actor, uh, director, producer, what have you, and put in the hands of the master or a master of blockbuster movies like Justin Lin, this is going to be great. The problem is, is that there's certain people that this is, just isn't going to please. In a, okay, as an example, Ghostbusters just came out, and I thought it was okay. It was, it was a good movie. Was it great? God, no. They could have done so much more. They could have done so much better. But was it terrible? No, I enjoyed myself. I actually laughed. And I, I actually kind of want to see it again. It, wa it was good enough to warrant seeing it in theaters. But the problem is, and the problem will always be, the fans. I love nerds. I love nerd culture. But the big, biggest problem about nerd culture is some of us. Some of us are the problem because we are just too super critical. And I get it. You're protective of your of your loved ones. You're protective, protective of what you love to watch, what you grew up with, of your childhood. I get that. I 100% get that. If they announced they're making an Airwolf movie, I would start frothing at the mouth because I would be so en enraged at just the thought of them screwing it up. The Power Rangers movie, that, that thought scares me, because I loved that. 
Ninja Turtles wounded me because those movies were terrible. But you have to give it a chance. And you also have to realize that nothing is going to recapture the magic that you were used to. Nothing. You have to realize that this is in the hands of someone else now. And judge it by those merits. And judge it by the fact as if they were able to even get a hint of what you loved as a kid. If they were even to capture a little a little bit of it, if they were able to do that, then great. If they were able to hit a home run with it, then that's even better. Or if they pulled a Michael Bay and they took a huge dump and then they filmed it and made that a movie, then that's bad. But judge it for what it is. Try your hardest to go in a blank slate. Try your hardest to treat it like its own thing. You still may not like it. You still may hate it. But at least then, at least then you can say with a clear conscience that yes, I gave it a chance. I went in there willing to like it. I went in there with an open heart and mind and I was still disappointed. Do that. Please do that. Because if you disagree with me on Ghostbusters, fine, that's fine. Not everyone's going to love love movies or the same movies. But as long as you tried, as long as you gave it an honest try, then thank you. And thank you for that. Because that's what we need to do. Sh- should Hollywood be doing so many reboots and remakes? No, probably not. No, I would rather see new things. But if they do, should we give it a fair chance? That answer is yes. That is the best way to look at it because you can get so much joy out of that. I have loved the new Star Trek movies. And you know what? Even if they were garbage, even if all three of them were just the epitome of awful, my childhood memories, the things I've loved, the things I grew up with, the things that I watch multiple times a year still exist. My nostalgia is untouched. Nothing can ruin your childhood. As far as movies go, at least. I know I'm getting a little deep with that, but at least at least with entertainment-wise. Nothing can ruin that. They can try to do it again, and they can screw up royally. But your memories from the past are still there. Digimon Try came out a year ago, two years ago, and I still haven't seen it, because frankly, I'm scared. And I know that I just went on a rant about opening up your heart and your mind to new things, and I should watch it. But also, it's one part scared, one part lazy. But Digimon was a huge part of my childhood, too. I have a Digimon tattoo on my arm. That's how much I love it. Stargate, my favorite TV show ever, of all time. If you tell me to pick one TV show to watch for the rest of your life, Stargate, anytime, any day. And that's my next tattoo. It's going to go right up here. But you're listening, so you can't see where I padded. So, Star Trek Beyond, it looks really good. It looks entertaining. It looks like a blast. I suggest you go see it. So here is my vote, is you go and see this movie. And you go grab some friends, or maybe go by yourself. Doesn't matter. You just go see it. You get your butt in that seat. You get some popcorn. Get some red vines. Get a root beer. That's what I do. But get whatever treats you want. And you watch a movie. And then you judge it. You watch a movie with your mind clear, and you judge it then. So we'll see. Next week I'll have a review. Uh, I already bought my tickets for this. I'm front and center. But let's move on. Because I have a secondary pick this week, because another movie is coming out that I think deserves to be seen, but unfortunately, it's, oh god, it's right in between, like, Ghostbusters last week, Star Trek this week, Jason Bourne next week, and Suicide Squad the week after. 
This movie is Don't Think Twice. Never heard of it? Well, neither have I until today. A member of a popular improv troupe from New York gets the chance of a lifetime when he's chosen to be on a popular sketch comedy show. Only then do his best friends and also fellow troop mates start to realize that not all of them are going to make it. I know I've said this before and it's been a bold-faced lie. Okay, it hasn't really been a lie. I just haven't been able to do it. For it to be a lie, I would have had to known I wasn't going to see it. But for this one, I really hope I can squeeze it in. I really hope I can find some time to see it. This one stars Keegan-Michael Key from Key and Peele, uh, Jillian Jacobs from Community, Kate Micucci, I've never known how to say her last name. Uh, she's from like the, the group Garfunkel and Oates, and she's, she's everywhere. If you turn on Comedy Central, you'll see her. And this is written, directed, and also starring Mike Brabiglia. This is going to be a really good dramedy. It'll probably have some great comedy moments that'll make you hold your sides because you're laughing so hard and then probably have some really deep moments later on that'll have you choking back tears normally when a movie has so many comedians in it because all, all those people are comedians and some of the other cast members i haven't mentioned are comedians uh, who've written for saturday night live and or sitcoms like how i met your mother and things like that but normally when movies come out that have a primarily comedic cast, it's going to be a dumb comedy. Not dumb as in bad, mind you. It's dumb as in just a, a mind-numbing movie where you can just sit down and, and just laugh. This one, however, looks like it actually has a very poignant story. It's almost a late coming of age because all these people are about my age, mid to late 30s. And, and it's that realization that maybe you have to take a look at your dreams. Maybe they're not all going to come true. And that's that's actually a topic that not everyone's going to want to see. Maybe you want to avoid this movie because it's going to hit a little too close to home. And everyone says never give up on your dreams. But Mike Rowe, the guy from Dirty Jobs, has this really great speech where he basically says, don't pursue your passions. Instead, you chase opportunity. And I believe that's what this movie is going to be about. It's about a group of people who have been chasing their passion to make it as actors and comedians and one of them gets it and it makes the others realize that we're you know we're, we're not going to make it and we have to start thinking practically that's a really hard lesson that's really difficult so I, that's why i think this movie is going to be really deep and have a message that not everyone's going to want to hear but i also think it's one of the things that's going to make this movie unique and special check out the trailer this movie looks really good it will probably be a very limited release but it's worth a check to see if it's playing anywhere near you my vote see this whether if you see it on the big screen or on the small screen give it a shot next up on the list is ice age collision course manny diego and sid join up with buck to fend off a meteor strike that would destroy the world really these are really still going okay it's not that surprising Ice Age is the 17th highest grossing movie series of all time, and two of their sequels, Dawn of the Dinosaurs and Continental Drift, are on the list of highest grossing movies of all time, numbers 42 and 45 respectively. This is going to be the type of movie that I think most of us will miss. Another example that unless you have kids, you probably won't see it. You know, if you're a fan of this series, good on you. Go see it. 
But the only way I will see it is if once this whole series is over and they release a giant box set and that's ever on sale on Black Friday, then I'll see it. Then I then may who knows, maybe I'll do I'll start my movie night reviews up again and I'll do a whole whole series on Ice Age. The first one was good. The second one was good. And I just just lost interest after that. Uh, They had a good idea. And I think they're just milking it for all the money they can can possibly get now. Ray Romano, Dennis Leary, and John Leguizamo return. And this time they're joined by Neil deGrace Tyson, Adam Devine, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Queen Latifah, Simon Pegg, Nick Offerman, and Jennifer Lopez, just to name a few. It does say a lot about this series that even, what is it, five or six movies in now that they can still get so many celebrities to do it. And I believe there's a mix of reasons why some of the more cynical people I've heard say that actors love to do animated movies because they just get to go in, sit down, read lines, and repeat those lines a million other times just to get the right takes, but still just sit down, read lines, and leave. Less cynical people say that uh, actors love doing it just because it's fun. So who knows? Maybe this is going to be a mix of of the actors who just love doing it. Like I bet you Simon Pegg and uh, like Nick Offerman and Queen Latifah probably love doing these movies. But I bet you there are others who are just in it for the paycheck. Anyway, my vote on this is a hard pass. And see, see it if you ever see it on sale one day in a Walmart bargain bin. Other than that, see something else. Next up is Lights Out. Scary things happen when the lights go out. A young boy is terrorized at night and it causes his older sister to investigate because she too experienced similar events when she was a kid. It's produced by James Wan who brought us Insidious and The Conjuring, but his his role in this one seems small, so only time will tell if this movie is able to have his style of terror. He does love jump scares too, but his strength is in creating these intense atmospheres where you just feel it in deep in your bones. This does look good, but I'd rather save it for DVD for a Halloween movie marathon, but at least the premise of this one isn't as dumb as the last two horror, horror movies to come up. Hey, calm down, Satan. You've been in a lot of movies recently. This one is a good old-fashioned haunting. At least I hope so. Uh, this would have been better if it was released in October just to get the crowds of people who are in the mood for a horror movie. But I guess a midsummer horror was their plan, so good for them. Let do your do your thing, movie studio. This one stars Teresa Palmer, who you would know from movies like Warm Bodies, I Am Number Four, and The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Uh, she's good. I think she's a she's Kristen Stewart esque in her kind of samey delivery that she has every every character do but she lets that little bit of emotion through she does you can tell it's there but i'm still being mean i i didn't watch any of kristen stewart's two movies last week so i can't i still can't report back to see if she's learned any any new acting skills i really should though cafe society does look good but let's get back to lights out and my vote check it out but wait I don't think this is a movie you have to see in theaters at all. Ladies and gentlemen, this brings us to our first break. Well, our first and only break. So please sit back and enjoy this word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy. 
my fellow bloggers and nerds, Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And welcome back. Let's get right back into it with Underdogs. A young boy beats the town bully in a game of foosball and humiliates him so bad that he disappears. Years later, the bully returns as a world-famous soccer player bent on taking revenge by challenging the young boy, now a grown man, to a soccer game. The guy knows he's in big trouble and has no hope, That is, until his tears turn his foosball players into many living, breathing soccer players who take it upon themselves to help him win. Uh, This was originally a foreign film from 2013 that the Weinstein Company has been systematically pushing back in America until now. I believe either Spain or Argentina made this movie, and you can tell because it's about soccer or football. This was the perfect animated movie for every other country but our own. America is one of the few countries in the world to not give a flying damn about soccer. That's why I don't think this movie will even be noticed by anyone. My first taste of the reality that soccer was bigger in other countries was back in 1995 when the movie The Big Green came out. That was the movie starring Steve Gutenberg about a children's soccer team. The movie Casper had been out for about a month, and my local theater was showing it for a dollar. So my friends and I were like, okay, well, we liked Casper. It's only a dollar. Let's go. So we jumped on our bikes, rode down to the theater, and we saw this huge line that went around the corner. I grew up in a small town that had a quite sizable Mexican population, and I noticed that there were no white people in that line. And the few that were milling about were all there for Casper. And that's when I realized that soccer mattered to other cultures. So I bet you anything that this movie is going to have a limited, targeted release. If it is going to be released, it is going to be in areas where there are huge minority populations. People who will, who will like soccer. So my vote for this one is pass. But keep it in mind, it could be fun. Ladies and gentlemen, next up we have Absolutely Fabulous, the movie. After accidentally knocking Kate Moss into a river where she then goes missing, Adina and Patsy escape to southern France to hide out. I loved Ab Fab when I was younger. That and Are You Being Served really got me into British TV. This film was already huge in the UK and will probably do poorly here, but that's okay. They already made all their money across the pond. This looks funny if you're into British humor, and the trailer showed a cameo from John Hamm, so I'm excited to see what other celebrities are in this movie. AbFab was a huge show in Britain, so it probably had a wide release there. Here, you'll probably have an easier time waiting for streaming. 
if you're interested in all that is. So my vote is pass, unless you're a fan. If you're curious about the series, then watch the show. Don't start here. Next is Train to Busan. A zombie outbreak hits South Korea and a group of passengers struggle to survive the train from Seoul to Busan. This looks like a standard action horror with rage monster style zombies. These are the running zombies that 28 Days Later and World War Z had. The kind of zombies I hate. There's something more terrifying about slow moving shuffling zombies that pop out of nowhere. This movie doesn't look bad, but there are just better movies to watch if you're in the mood for an action horror. Sure, it's something new, it's a Korean movie so that we can see what their take on it is, so it may be worth a shot, but you know, just not in theaters. Not at all. This looks like the type of movie that sometime next year, my local Fry's Electronics will have it on their shelf for like two bucks because they, for some reason they ordered a million copies and no one bought them. My vote? Pass on it in theaters. Maybe even pass on it at home. But when it comes out on streaming services or even super sale somewhere, maybe consider it. Maybe. Meh. The next offering is a straight-to-video movie called Fight Valley. When Tori Koro is found dead, her sister, Windsor, is determined to find out what happened. In order to survive, she will have to fight. With the help of an ex-fighter, she will fight for justice. Oh my god, this movie looks terrible. This looks like a Skinamax movie, but without any nudity in it. It looks really bad. I will never watch this. I'm going to just say that. I don't like to use the word never. Because you should never say never. Until now. Until it comes down to Fight Valley. I will never see this. Looks, looks awful. Check out the trailer if you are even interested. I don't know. This stars some MMA fighters, Misha Tate, Holly Holm, and Chris Cyborg. And there, there, are, there are fighters and, um, you know, pro wrestlers and people like that who can act. There are probably plenty of them. I don't think these three are those people. I really don't. Of course, it could just be the wrong movie at the wrong time. Maybe they're the next big thing. Who knows? I really don't think so. The trailer consisted of a few poorly delivered lines and a terrible song called Fight Valley by some group that wishes they were disturbed. The band disturbed, not mentally disturbed. Maybe both. Who knows? But my vote is pass. Pass on this like it has a terrible disease that you don't want to catch. That's how hard you should pass. Last up for this week is a real winner. I've saved the worst for last. Hillary's America, The Secret History of the Democratic Party. Dinesh D'Souza analyzes the history of the Democratic Party and what he believes Hillary Clinton's true motives are. Oh my god, I don't care. Movies like this are made to preach to the choir. It's releasing at the same time as RNC. Could that be a coincidence? I think not. There are six reviews so far, giving it a meta score of six. 
The best review comes from the New York Post's Kyle Smith, who, in a nutshell, says that this guy is a loudmouth, and while he may have some good points, it'll all get lost in his bluster. Even if you agree with D'Souza, this is just grandstanding BS, which will probably have no actual evidence to back it up. It looks, it looks like utter garbage. It looks like Michael Moore level nonsense, except people for some reason like Michael Moore's movies, even though he's a gigantic windbag. But this guy looks no better than him, and I bet you there's going to be a bunch of fabricated stuff or unsubstantiated claims, and there may be kernels of truth in there, but it's not going to matter because so much of it is just crap. So guess what? Guess what my vote is. Go on, guess. If you said pass, you were correct. Pass on this like you would pass on an email offer from a Nigerian prince. Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green, Libertarian, no matter what you are, this is going to be a garbage movie. And only the biggest blowhards would even consider seeing this and sitting back going, Oh yeah, I, I, I hate Hillary Clinton. Blah, blah, blah. This movie's, this movie's great. It speaks the truth. Yay. You know what? Screw this presidential election. Let's vote my cat. I, be- I will vote for my cat. My cat will make a great president. Hashtag Charlie for president. Hashtag his time is meow. Hashtag change. The litter box. And that, my dear, dear friends, is the end of this week's Future Flicks. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. And don't forget to please give me some love with the highest of ratings. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Be sure to check out SomewhatNerdy.com and take a look at all our other work. Please give some love to Somewhat Nerdy Radio. And as always, no matter what life throws at you this week, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, signing out.